Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Attention Dog Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD, is information enough or is there a need for training? Uh, We're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a secret word a couple times. Write it down. Listen to another show. Um, and write down the secret word of that show and then just email me the, the two words. That's all you need to do. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine, and they'll send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it's in print. We have a little tip that we're going to share with you that Chad made, and we'll get into the show. When you have ADHD, putting in an eight-hour workday while maintaining maximum concentration can be a challenge. Here are some strategies to help. Make your physical environment less distracting. Use your laptop, smartphone, or alarm to track appointments and deadlines. Break up long tasks into shorter ones. Take breaks and walk around. Before you leave work, Take five minutes to organize your work area for the next day. To learn more about workplace issues, visit chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. We're going to get to the content in a moment. Jan, can you introduce our guest? Yes, Jeff, we're happy to have Elaine taylor Kloss with us tonight. For over a decade, she struggled as a mom in an ADHD++ family of five. But after she discovered that a coach approach dramatically helped her, her kids, and her entire family, she co-founded the first-ever virtual parent coaching support organization for parents of complex kids, which was ImpactADHD.com. In 2020, Impact ADHD expanded to become ImpactParents.com. Reflecting the broad range of parents supported in their first decade, parents of complex kids challenged with ADHD, anxiety, learning disabilities, autism, and more. An award-winning online resource and blog for parents and professionals, Impact Parents provides coaching, training, and support around the globe. Elaine has served as a parent advisor for the American Academy of Pediatrics, and she's on the National Board of Directors of CHAD. In addition to serving as CEO of Impact Parents and providing private coaching for adults worldwide, Elaine is the co-host of the Parenting with Impact podcast. She's a frequent contributor to Attitude Magazine and Attention Magazine, as well as the co-author of Parenting ADHD Now, Easy Intervention Strategies to Empower Kids with ADHD, and she's also the author of the 2020 number one new release, 
the essential guide to raising complex kids with ADHD, anxiety, and more. So, Jeff, we're very happy to have Elaine with us tonight. Elaine, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeff. Always fabulous to be here. You know, there's this this thing out there that's kind of interesting to me. You think you know it, but then you kind of go out into the world and you watch people's behavior. And sometimes this happens in the world sometimes like they don't get it. And there's this thing between like learning and then the execution of the learning. In, in a sense, as I coach more and more, those two things could not be more different. But there's a lot of confusion. <laughs> like if I read the book, it must mean I can do it. Like is a, there's an old saying, the shovel doesn't do the work. Well, the book doesn't really do the work. And our topic today is, is information enough? And as a person who works a lot with parents, from your perspective, what is information and what is training? Oh, well, that's a fabulous question. I don't know. Let's figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so information is kind of, it's data. It's the, here's what you need to know about something. You know, in our space, in the ADHD space, there's what is ADHD and what is, how does it manifest and what are the different presentations and what's the treatment, right? So it's, it's more quantitative. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I think training is more about the how. It's, you know, you and I talk a lot about process. It's a little bit more about how do you take information and apply it to whatever you're doing so that you mm-hmm. can use that information. So if you think in a corporate environment, people get trained to use a software. The software is mm-hmm. great, but if you don't know how to, you know, command click or control <laughs> alt or whatever it is, then it's not going to do you any good. So you get training to learn how to use the information and apply it to your circumstances to help you do something better. You and I are big on pro- processes is a, like, you have a picture, which is a, like a thing, but a process is a series of pictures, and it's what you do. And I always, I always like to stop, and people like talk about the word how, and I've always found it fascinating. If you think of how, how is an adverb. Like there's a pronoun Ooh. that speaks to a noun, like him. Well, who? Him. Well, Jeff. When you say how, that is an adverb speaking to a verb, which is a process. The thing that's always interesting to mm-hmm. me, when you take a look at how, there's different kinds of how. There's how you operate something, which is just – like small stuff. One is maybe how do you fix something, which is procedural steps. And then there's what I call insightful how, and that is you, you understand something inside and out so well that you really can just walk into a situation, diagnose and figure out how to fix it kind of on the fly. And they're very, very different. <clears throat> and I find a lot of stuff that people want, just tell me how to operate this thing, but it doesn't always work. And if you don't understand what's going on in the background, then you can't always operate. It's kind of like, well, the car's making <clears throat> a funny sound. Well, I know how to change the oil, but that doesn't mean I can fix the car. So I didn't mean to kind of get off on a tangent, but this word of training process and how is it's vague, and even when you yeah. get into it, it can be different different pieces of it. Information to me is something that we somebody's learned, and you can transfer it. Like here's some knowledge that we have that you will we'll share with you so you don't have to invent the world. Like you don't have to like reinvent the wheel and fire and stuff like that so you can transfer it. But in and of itself, just having that data is just literally data because there's the application of that data. So Exactly. Well, and, you know, we often say that, that what we do is it's, there's a lot of information and coaching is all about the how. Is how do you not, not what should the how be but so, because I think we get stuck in the how. So, so let, me, let me step back because sometimes, oftentimes we, we have a vision of something we want to see changed and people get stuck by saying, well, I don't know how. 
right? And so the how prevents us from even creating a vision of what we want to be different. The fear of the how or not knowing can, can stand in the way. But, but if you go through a process of exploration, which is kind of what we do in coaching, we help people figure out what that how might be. So I want something to change. I'm going to go through a process of figuring out how I might change that. So I think how can serve us, but, but the, the challenge is that it stops us if we're not clear on what it is, and that's where the process piece yep. comes in. So, so in, in my work, you know, working with parents of complex kids, they get all this information, right? They're on the online at uh-huh. 2 o'clock in the morning researching. There's all this data. Parent to parent teaches them the data, the information about ADHD, if that's what they're dealing with. Like there's lots of information. And it's interesting. Lots of people are telling them how, Mm-hmm. Here's a reward chart you should use. Here's a strategy you should use. But they're not helping them figure out how to use that strategy in a way that works for them and their family. So the how has to really be personalized. Like I can tell a kid how to turn on the car and put the car into drive and turn the wheel, but I want to be there with them, training them yep. how to do that how to apply it to their circumstances with their foot and their hands and their vision and all of that. I can't just do it. Like you, you use the best example of all, which is you can read a book on, on um, playing the guitar, but then at some point you want someone to sit down with you and show you the chords. <laughs> yep. And, and, and I want to, yeah, we're going to have to go to a break here in a little bit because there's so much kind of going on. Make no bones about this. The, the intention of this show really is to make people aware there's a difference between information and actual training or getting help to actually the application of it. And, and as Elaine said, I've said yeah. years ago, I read a couple of books on how to play the guitar. When I picked it up, it, it, I couldn't do it. And the whole point really is, is at mm-hmm. some point in time, you've got to put your fingers on the guitar and it's aided if, if it can be moved along. And I want to, the, the part of the impetus of the show is something I read. And maybe you gave in a presentation, you said research showed that fewer than 30% of parents received recommendations for behavioral management training. And so yeah. this notion is that you've got complex kids. Now, I'm talking about everybody out here. We're using Elaine. She works with complex parents, but this applies to adults. And if, if people aren't saying you need to get training on this, and complex kids are complex kids, and not to say you need to get training to manage these kids is really missing the boat. And this is this big insight that I want to put a spotlight on in this show is everybody's like, you're reading this stuff, and if you're not moving forward, it's because you're not getting not trained on the implementation of this. And there's a lot of people out yeah. there who know a lot about ADHD, but they're still struggling with it because I'm not so sure their application is correct. Absolutely, a thousand percent. <laughs> yes, what you just said. <laughs> so I, I tell you what, let's go to break real real quick, and we're going to come back because you also said something that was really brilliant before about the how and the fear of the how and everything. So um, we're going to go to break, everybody. Our secret word tonight is enough. Again, that is E-N-O-U-G-H. Uh, I'd like you to check out Elaine's uh, website at mparents.com forward slash attention. It's brilliant. they got all kinds of stuff up there, and they actually have a program called Sanity School, which is about training adults, to like a precursor to kind of help them begin to work with the kids aided by their coaching services. Um, so, everybody, we're going to come back for more of this, but for now, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, 
TimeTimer's bright red disc disappears. Visit TimeTimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by gigcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Everybody, we're here with Lane Taylor-Kloss of Impact Parents having a conversation about information's information, but training is really void in the ADHD world, really trying to make a call. This is complex stuff, and you know, if you really want to be able to deal with it, sometimes you need a professional or expert to kind of help you through that. And one of the things that we're finding a void is, is when people get diagnosis, they're not encouraged to go see the how. There's lots of information out there, but um, it really comes down to the how. And before the break, Elaine, one of the things that's interesting to me is when people come to me with ADHD, what I hear from them is they, they preach outcome. Like, this is what I need mm-hmm. to do. This is what I need. This is what I need. To do. Once you've done it, you've done it. The question is, is what are the steps that you need in order to make that happen? And I, it's kind of funny because I've had people before like, hey, you know, I, I need to send a car. I go, okay, great. Well, you need to do that. You need that for homework? Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question. Where's the stamp? Huh? Well, yeah, I, uh, I, hmm. It's in my office. Really where? Uh, okay, well, you don't really know who that is, right? Uh, where's the addresses? Um, uh, it's in my database. Where? Uh, I think an Excel spreadsheet. Where's that? Uh, on my computer. Where on your computer? Uh, uh, oh, huh. okay. What are you going to say when you write the question? All these things, I'm asking questions and there's because they haven't really thought through. This is some simple, like, center a card. You guys think I'm crazy. This is real stuff for, like, Mother's Day. But when you ask people those questions to get them to begin to think about the step-by-step process, they can actually kind of get through it because I'm like, for me, I, you want a goal, great. I, I don't care about that. You, you, we can make a plan for you to get to the goal. The issue really is what do you do to, to go do what the plan's all about, and that takes a lot of training. So I want to pause here and get mm-hmm. your perspective in on that and, and add anything that you think that makes sense. So so there are kind of two places to go, and, and I want to I want to – request that we go back and explain because you mentioned behavior therapy and I want to go back and okay, explain yep. what that means. But but let's let's address what you're talking about first. And that's that, you know, sometimes we, we think big picture and we see the outcome, we see the vision, we see where we want to go. And so we feel like it should be simple to get there or we should know how to get there or it should be easy enough to get there. But if we're dealing with let's say ADD as an adult or ADHD, what the, the path from here to there is not necessarily a straight line, and we have executive function issues that, that interfere. So sending a card for Mother's Day, you know, it's a simple process, but there's a lot of executive function involved. As you described, a bunch of pieces of it, and the, you can also go into the, the activation piece of it. How hard is it to get myself started to do something or to schedule the time to do it or what's the emotional feeling I have around it that might be standing in the way? And so part of, part of what makes simple stuff complicated for those of us with adult ADHD is that there's a lot of executive function involved with very simple parts of life and and so when we can take aim on one thing at a time and break it down very narrowly, 
we can ha- help ourselves figure out how to achieve it. Otherwise, we get stuck in this spiral of I can't and then I didn't and now I feel bad about it or I feel shame about it and we spiral mm-hmm. out and we don't get it done. And so, so information is great. I know what I need to do, but if I haven't figured out how to manage my executive function and my emotions around what it is I want to get myself to do, then I I'm, I'm still may not be able to do it. It's not that I can't. It's that there are a lot of, of hurdles on the path on the way to do the simplest things. And so the training, I think, helps us learn to take those hurdles. So I want to transform, I want to say what you're saying, but say it in kind of a different way. Okay. When you, we talk about training, because um, you have all that information that's out there, and people – when they're trying to apply that information, again, I'm just trying to come up with a metaphor or, or an analogy that people can understand this. You'll have a tendency to kind of consume it all at one time. And I know one of the things that you guys do, Elaine, is you take aim. You, the first thing you do is you isolate something and say, we're going to work on this. And I remember as a master swim coach and a swim coach years ago, whenever I'm coaching somebody in swimming-wise and I'm trying to help them, I'd always say, okay, we're going to pay attention to one thing. They would do it, they would mm-hmm. do it, they would do it, right. they'd focus in on it. Okay, okay, now, what we're going to do is that's going to become secondary. We'd focus on a, a second thing. And what I want them to do is focus on the first thing, the first thing. I think I got it. Are you doing the second? Go back to the first. First, 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 second, go back. And I would no Reinforce. more than that because you can yeah. handle it. And what you guys do is I understand you take aim and you, 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 you bring that together. That's training on how to implement all this stuff. That takes a little bit of discipline yeah. and some understanding to do that and really how to take aim on that thing that you can change. That's the difference metaphorically between information and training, and sometimes that guidance really gets there. That, that, that resonate? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like it, it, it's really like, okay, so I know that a star chart or some kind of behavior motivation is really important for raising kids with ADHD and anxiety and all the other issues, you know, complex issues our families face. But just because a doctor gives me a star chart doesn't mean that's going to work for my kid until I break it down and figure out, okay, what are the pieces, what are the components of it that I want to, to, to work on with my kid? Do I have my kids buy-in? How hard is it going to be for me? And is someone going to talk me through how do I do it in a way that works for me? So best example that I think I've got both examples in my in my book. Um, when I started, someone gave me a star chart and I created this really complex. There were thirty things on it and three points for this and you missed two points for that. Really complicated thing for my kids. They couldn't use it. I couldn't use it, and so it was useless. Right? It was not effective. Where I landed with a lot of support and training and coaching was a reward chart that had three columns, one for each of my kids. And when they did something good, I'd say, go give yourself two points. <laughs> it, was not, it didn't have all 30 things listed on it. It was not nearly as complicated. You know, it, did, it, did it achieve, like, targeting one single behavior and changing it? No. Did it achieve giving my kid positive rewards and incentives and and helping them, you know, play to their strengths and catch them being good and all of that stuff? Yeah. And that was was a good use for it. But I needed help to figure out that that was the best use of it for me, that the purpose of the reward chart was not to get my kid to tie their shoes or do the laundry. The purpose of the reward chart in my house 
was to help my kids feel good and positive about playing to their strengths instead of only seeing their weaknesses. But I needed help to figure that out. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, Time-wise, I want to go to another break because we've got a stopping point here. Everybody, again, the poor of the show is you have ADHD and you, you have a lot of information. You're probably consuming this to get information, and the information that we want to share with you is get help, the application of it. I want to come back with some more examples so you guys really understand the differences. And so some of you who have been reluctant to do that, kind of doing the DIY thing, and it's not working, maybe you, maybe it might, might motivate you to really kind of accelerate that, kind of move forward. We are going to go to break, everybody. Our secret word tonight is enough. And without a doubt, check out Elaine's website, impactparents.com forward slash attention. They've got a lot of incredibly good stuff on that. Um, Totally love their stuff. So, everybody, we're going to go to commercial break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Elaine Taylor-Kloss, and we're having a show really kind of delineate the difference between information and the execution of that information. And it's the, really the somebody helping you learn how to apply uh, that information. Um, I have a point that I want to make here in a minute, but I also want to bring in – also, there's a, there's a piece of emotions that's here, and I, I – I, I've been reading Elaine's stuff one time is that, you know, maybe you've read some stuff that you've got to adjust your expectations, but that's one that's kind of interesting to me. I wouldn't know how to adjust my expectations. Just say I should adjust my expectations. I might in one area, but it's not as holistic as I need. Cause I'm not so sure expectations are really confined to a thing and having, mm-hmm. cause this is really an intangible to me so that it's, it's, it's not necessarily what you, you think it is or how you're interpreting the data. So I wanted to, to bring this out to make sure we got in. Elaine's thoughts on – I'm using that as an example, as a metaphor about this emotional space and what is this and how do I do it. Thoughts on this? So many things are coming up. I had this real thought about at the end of that last segment that came up. So let me see if I can blend okay. it. Because, so the emotion is one piece in, in when we're dealing with executive function issues. We often – forget to really look at the emotional piece that overlays everything else. And, you know, as, as humans, we make decisions based on emotions, and then we collect the data to support it. So if we're trying to work towards something emotionally that we're into or wanting to do, that's going to be different than if we do, do it because we feel like we should, right? Mm-hmm. Our, our sense of con- commitment to it or connection to it is going to be different depending on 
kind of our relationship with it or how we feel about what we're trying to achieve. So I think that that's where setting expectations comes in, is that we want to allow ourselves to, to believe in what we can do and the possibility of what we can create. And we want to do it in, in enough of a realistic expectation so that we can set ourselves up for success. And I think what happens in our community often is that we set goals without getting the specifics to get there that's pretty far out, and then we get disappointed that we haven't hit it, and then we give up, when the truth is we may have set the goal too far out or created, it's like instead of the vision of I'm going to tackle mornings, you know, in our world we talk about let's set a vision of I'm going to help my kid get out of bed, (laughs) you know, (laughs) a little more realistic expectation And when you achieve that, you get some success under your belt, and then you can move to more successes. So part of shifting expectations, I think, is about getting more specific and kind of bringing it closer. It's great to have the vision, and I'm a big believer in it. And then as we start tackling things, we want to make it a little more tangible and and a little closer to achieve. And and what came up for me in that last segment um, was, you know, we've been talking about how, right, the what are we trying to do and the how and information and training. And I think the key is that it's really hard to come up with the, with the best how until we understand why we're trying to do something. So it's fine to say, you know, I want to organize myself using a calendar. That's a great structure and strategy that we might set a goal to do, and then we might want some support to figure out how. But until we understand why it's a struggle for us, what's in the way, we're not going to come up with a how that's the right fit for us. So it's really important to slow down and understand what those hurdles are. I mean, the metaphor I used earlier is, you know, we can all run around a track, or most of us know how to walk or run. Uh-huh. With, with something like ADHD, all of a sudden there's these hurdles on the path. And we have to understand why that hurdle is there and what makes it hard before we can tackle it. We have a tendency to say, well, let's just tackle it without understanding why. Is it, I mean, you've taught me this. Is this a challenge because it's ambiguous and I'm not sure? Or is it a challenge because I'm bored? Or is it a challenge yep. because I'm distracted? Like the reason, the why that it's hard for us is really important to coming up with an effective solution. And we tend to skip that part. And that's where training comes in as it helps us really understand what the obstacle is. So I want to try to give an example that can kind of make this concrete and illustrate it. Uh, and I, I don't know. I'd be interested if this makes some sense to you, Elaine, or not, because sometimes I go off. But I've had particularly college students that I, I work with, and they want – help with time management and their go-to is to go to the calendar. And I said, well, why, why, why do you right. use a calendar? And they really don't know why it's just, it's a calendar. It's and everybody tells said, them they should. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's interesting to me is when you're in college and you have classes on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and then classes Tuesday, Thursday, your days are the same. It, it doesn't really change that much. Right. The only reason you actually have to look at a calendar is like if you had a doctor's appointment. So if let's say you have an appointment once a week that's out of the norm, to expect that you're going to look at your calendar every single day or in every minute of the day in anticipation of that doctor's appointment is kind of unrealistic. You don't have a need. And what I do, I got clients moving all over. I'm on my calendar constantly. I don't, I'm probably in it like every hour and a half, at least a couple times because I have to go there. 
And I say that because if you're going to manage time, but you have no reason to go to the calendar on a regular basis, does that really make some sense? Or does it make some right. sense to like set up a calendar of, of text and a series of alerts to alert you that something's really coming? The end is really managing time, but backing up and say, why am I doing it this way? In this analogy, yeah. what I hope is you get is sometimes you have these things, and, and it sounds really good, but the obstacle is nobody's going to look at their calendar on a regular basis if they don't need to. And that's where that help kind of comes in. Thoughts? Is that? Is that yeah. Okay. Yeah, totally. It's, it's <laughs> like it's, it's not enough to say this is the result. I, if, if we know the result you want, we have to figure out what's in there for me because what's interfering yep. for me is going to be different from you. You yes. know, if I have a calendar-driven day, it's going to be very different from someone who, who has a day where they never need to look at their calendar. You're going to come up with different solutions. And, you know, here we're kind of blending the, the power of training and coaching, right? Yes. Because that's where, where coaching comes in. Um, but, but I guess in the, if we pull back to the training piece, it's not enough to know what, that I have executive function problems. I now need to go a little bit more detail into how do those executive function challenges manifest for me? And which one, you know, where do I want to learn to navigate, whether it's prioritization or sequencing yep. or emotional regulation or, you know, not getting distracted. Like one of my kids early on, used, it gets really distracted. And so she used to say, when, when she was younger, she would say, Mom, can you just check in with me every 20 minutes while I'm doing my homework to make sure I'm on track or to get me back on track? And at first, I was, I was her accountability, that I was her, how, did, how is she going to stay on track? And then as she got a little older and we worked it through with each other, she started setting her own alarms for every 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. But it was because she knew she got distracted and that was her trouble with getting her homework done. It wasn't because... Mm-hmm. Somewhat, you know, because if I had just said, well, you need to get your homework done, that wasn't going to help her figure out how to get her homework done. Mm-hmm. She needed to identify the problem was distraction and what are some solutions for managing distraction. And so when I would say, hey, how you doing? She would either say, I'm on track, thanks, or, oh, I got distracted, thanks, I'm getting back to it. It was her structure. Yes. Her, she had buy-in. She was trying to address a problem she had. That helps. Yes. So everybody, what we're doing is really we're trying to illustrate how and and also expertise to a certain extent um, to really kind of motivate you guys really to kind of move forward. So I I got another scenario that's a little bit more difficult. When I'm working with people, to me, there's different thinking processes. There's methodical, there's trial and error, there's what I call insightful. And each one of them works a little differently. And if you don't understand the nuances of that stuff, it can be a bit of a challenge. So one of the things I've heard out there is the Pomodoro technique. There's lots of information where you set a timer, you work for 25 minutes, you take a little bit of time off. And sometimes it's a little bit of having a coach because I find that that works really well for certain people in certain instances, particularly if it's like more methodical thinking. But if it requires insight and somebody's kind of grinding to try to get an aha, by stopping and taking a break when that happens can actually – your brain, as you said, it kind of, you have to reboot it all and you won't get back to it because yeah. you're disrupting the thinking process. And, and the application of yeah. the Pomodoro technique, I mean, it's this thing, but sometimes you need a little bit of expertise because what I've described, hell, I was in coaching for a couple of years and didn't realize the difference in that until I got to some of the nuances. And again, there's hours and years you can spend on this where if you've got somebody who can help train you on it, they can cut the cycle time in half. 
And the, the mm-hmm. you know, Elaine, you you've heard me talk a lot about you know you can go to go to school and get a certificate of get knowledge, but there's only one school of application, and that's the school of hard knocks. And there's a tuition for that. The number of times you're trying over and over, just guessing at what happens, there's time and effort and money spent on that. Like, so why not pay the money to get a tutor at the school of hard knocks to help you through it? It could be a hell of a lot cheaper than you think about <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's great. I mean, and that's a perfect example because as you were describing Pomodoro, I was thinking, man, that would never work for me. Like, once I'm in the zone, don't yep. take me out of it. Yeah. I got to, I got to finish this thought, you know, <laughs> whole new way, as you say, I got to reboot and I got to start again. So, you know, because hyper focus, yes, it's a liability, but it's also my superpower. So I need to know when to apply it and when not to. That's the thing I might take aim on and do some work around. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we've covered a lot of material. Our issue is really to make that distinction of between knowledge and, and execution, and a lot of times you need training on the execution going back. My guitar skills have increased exponentially when I've had people sit down and help me kind of think about it. And I think sometimes also with people with ADHD that I, I did a, a, a video one time, an attention talk video, that talked about basically how many people with ADHD have like a learning addiction. They, they learn, 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 but they don't really like to execute. And there's a guy who made a post, he said, yeah – Learning is what I do to give myself the illusion I'm actually doing something. And I thought it was kind of funny (laughs) because there's a lot of people with ADHD that are reading, 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 reading. It's giving them the illusion that they're moving forward, and all they're doing is reading. They're not applying that. No, no, I can read all the books all day once. Exactly. And this is very common, and I actually literally think that – a lot of the problems is, is they don't really know where to start and how to apply it. Now, we know – I don't know how to start. I'm having a hard time initiating. Yeah. You know I'm a big believer. It's ambiguity that gets in the way. It's, it's, you need somebody to help you weed through that ambiguity to find a place to start, which, again, is why we you – know, if DYI is not working for you, you might need to get somebody to train you on how to apply this stuff. So, um, so can, can wrap- I share an example real quick? Do we yes, have time? Yes, please. Yeah. So, so my, one of my kids is really into rock climbing lately and bouldering. And the reason she loves it is because there's this group of, of young people who are all, you know, at the gym doing bouldering. And they'll, they'll look at a, a track they're trying to take. A, they call them problems that they're trying. And they'll do it, and then they'll come down, and they'll talk about it, and they'll rework it, and then they'll try it again. And they'll keep trying until they solve the problem, until they get to the top. But they do it collaboratively, and they're talking with each other about, well, that didn't work. Why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? And they're, there's, they're trying to figure out the how with each other. And that's kind of what happens in the training environment. When you look at, you know, I said I wanted to come back to behavior therapy. What is that? When you look at the components of behavior therapy training for parents or teachers and for adults, the, the goal is to learn new strategies and ways of communicating the shift expectations, so these things we've been talking about today, to get some practice implementing it with the support of, of a professional or of the leader, and to do it in a community where you're connecting with other people so you realize you're not alone. Those are your foundational components. And, and you're not going to get that from attending a webinar or reading an article. Right? You're going to get good information, but until you use that information either in connection with other people or in coordination with someone who's kind of leading you through and helping you practice it and get feedback, you're not actually 
applying it. So you're, you're learning it, but you're not using it. And that's, I think, what we're really talking about today. Absolutely. Well said. Any last words before we wrap it up? Oh, that was what I wanted to get in. Thank you. <laughs> All right, everybody. Again, it takes time and effort maybe to find some money, but, you know, I, as I remember, I went off to college, and I had access to free tutors, and I looked at myself like, why am I not using the hell out of these people? Like, why am I doing this the hard way, trying to learn all on my own? But do it the easy way. Get somebody to help you with some of the shortcuts. So with all that, Elaine, thank you so much for coming on the show. Always a pleasure. Thanks for, for doing that. It's a great conversation. I see. It's great one with you and one at Long Rover. I should have done this years ago. Everybody, our secret word tonight is enough, and if you haven't done so already, please stop the car, stop what you're cooking, the dinner, whatever. Go to impactparents.com forward slash attention and check out her website. Hope you've enjoyed this. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.